with all not your truth or kindness, Lord. With all not your truth or kindness, Lord. Welcome to The Notice, where together we notice the mercy of God. I'm Susan Hookstra, your host. The Notice podcast explores our need to be noticed through biblical musings and conversations with special guests, experience relevant topics, and encouragement as we take notice of how the God of mercy satisfies. On this episode of The Notice, well, it's summer, and summer means what? Warmer weather, outdoor activities, beautiful flowers, campfires, and yes, vacations. Listen into this episode where we talk about those vacations. Do they have a purpose? How can we be thoughtful in choosing how we spend the time? And most importantly, how we can take notice of God during our vacation. Do you remember the five-second rule? You know, when you accidentally drop food on the floor, and as long as you pick it up in five seconds, and it's probably clean so you can eat it. But have you ever measured how long five seconds really is? Or what about 10 seconds? Well, let me show you. This 10 second song by Reliant K cracked me up the first time I heard it. But honestly, it actually challenged me. After all, aren't there times I do waste time? What do I do when I'm not working? And how do I choose to spend my vacation? So as I ponder going on vacation next week, I've been thinking, see, over the last 10 years, we have spent part of our vacation by ourselves and the other part entertaining guests. I love ministering to people and helping them refresh. But this year, it's just my husband and I. So does this mean we have to plan multiple activities? Does my vacation have to have a purpose? Can't I just float, maybe binge on a favorite TV program or something? Interestingly enough, Genesis 2-2, God set the example of rest when he ceased from creating. In Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11, God tells his people that they are to rest from their labor on the seventh day, In other words, to take a weekly vacation, as it were. The Sabbath command is repeated throughout the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we see Jesus fulfill the meaning of the Sabbath. Although Christians are no longer under the law of the Sabbath, the concept of rest is still important. In fact, in Mark 2.27, Jesus said, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So I I really think what Jesus is trying to tell us is the Sabbath is a gift. Because in Jesus' day, it was more of a burden, a fulfillment of the law. But the Sabbath was intended to be restorative. In resting, we declare our dependence on God, exercise our faith in his provision, and receive refresh. But how do we refresh? Does this mean we veg out, binge on Netflix, do nothing? Does this mean we take more time to process or set goals? Or do we plan adventure after adventure so we're stimulated? 
It's interesting to note that although Jesus did not take a vacation from his ministry, he did take time to refresh. At a time when so many people were coming and going that they didn't even have a chance to eat, Jesus said to his disciples in Mark 6:31, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Clearly, if Jesus sought time away, taking needing breaks, it's a good thing. For anyone who has ever experienced burnout, you know how harmful that can be. Burnout is commonly described as an exhausted state in which a person loses interest in a particular activity and even life in general. Burnout is a state of emotional, physical, social, and spiritual exhaustion. It can lead to diminished health, social withdrawal, depression, and a spiritual malaise. Many times, Burnout is the result of an extended period of exertion at a particular task, generally with no obvious payoff or end in sight, or of the carrying of too many burdens, such as those in the helping professions. Burnout can be common among those in high-stress jobs who feel forced to please an earthly master in order to maintain their job and continue to provide for their families. Friends, I experienced burnout once, and I don't want to experience it again. Right now, in this particular season of my life, I've been super busy with the release and marketing of the book. I could get burnt out because there's been book launch parties, social media posts, radio and podcast interviews, all filling up my schedule. But in the midst of it, I've planned times of refresh so I could enjoy the process. After all, My book took 14 years to complete, so I want to celebrate it. So next week, I'm going to celebrate by taking a break. Sometimes just getting away from our usual routines gives us a new outlook. Sometimes connecting with nature, reading a good book, or sleeping in can be all we need. But vacations don't always end up that way. Sometimes vacations can cause more friction in relationships because everyone has a different idea of what refresh looks like. Perhaps such somewhat to escape from the realities of life for a while. Whatever our needs, I don't want to forget that I have this relationship with the Lord, and I don't want to forget I'm on mission. I don't want to get so caught up in activities that I don't get quiet time or even forget to pray before meals. I don't want to get so caught up in the adventure or getting to our destination that I don't make time to notice God. So as I go on vacation next week, I actually made a list. Yes, I know you might say, a list of things you want to accomplish? Susan, really? Well, just a list of things I'd like to remember to do because one, I know they refresh me, but mostly because I don't want to miss it. I want to take notice of God. So here's my top 10 ways to notice God on vacation. Maybe they'll help you too. 10. Rest. I don't plan to set an alarm clock. I just want to let my body sleep as long as it needs. Psalms 127, 1 and 2 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord guards the city, the guard keeps watch in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives sleep to his beloved. 9. Exercise. 
I hope to get in some type of exercise every day. It might mean a bike ride, a hike, or a swim. Something enjoyable, something that will get me moving. 1 Corinthians 6, 29 and 30 says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. The love Proverbs 31, 17. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. Hmm, I just wonder how she does that. Eight, read an inspirational book. I really enjoy reading and I hope to dive into at least one book. As an author and podcaster, I read a lot of books by my podcast guests. But during my summer vacation, I usually like reading something a little more light. I enjoy Cynthia Rockti's books a lot. She's a beautiful writer and storyteller, and I get caught up in her stories because they're laced with spiritual purpose based on real-life situations. I enjoy and I'm entertained, but I don't feel like I wasted my time. Ephesians 5.16 tells us, Making the best use of time, for the days are evil. 7. Pray. One of the places we are staying is just a short walk to the waterfront. I envision myself going there once a day to pray and ask God for direction, using Mark 1.35 as my inspiration. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. 6. Enjoy nature. For me, Refresh means appreciating God in nature. There's nothing like a beautiful sunset or hearing the waves crash or taking a hike in the woods. Psalm 96, 11 through 12 tells us, let the heavens rejoice, let the earth be glad, let the sea resound in all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them, let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Five. Encourage intentional conversations. I have a delightful friend that whenever we're together, she always strikes up conversations with others. I watch and admire her ability to find some kind of conversation starter. One of the joys of releasing my book has been to start some of these conversations about validation and affirmation. And these conversations have been priceless. So while I'm on vacation, My divine space will be in a certain location for just a certain amount of time. I don't know if I will ever pass that way again, and I don't want to miss it. I hope to engage others in conversation, whether it's the waitress, the person hosting us, or whoever God puts in our space. Who knows where these conversations will lead? They just may lead to Jesus. Mark 16, 15 tells us, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Four, listen to worship music. One of the best things that refreshes me is focusing on the attributes of God, his omniscience, his veracity, his omnipresence. In my book in the chapter, Be Still, I talk about this spiritual side. It's where we inhale his attributes and exhale our burdens. Worship music helps me to do that sigh. It helps me to breathe. Not to mention, God commands us to worship. 
And we don't have to wait till Sunday. Turn on the tunes instead of watching that movie. Psalm 29.2 says, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. 3. Keep my eyes open for ways to serve others. Psalm 119 verse 18 says, Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. Dear friends, this is taking notice. If I open my eyes and I see his wonderful truths and I hear his instructions, I think I'm going to see the needs of others around me. I need to be open to that. I need to be able to watch what God's going to do. Two, read at least one story a day from the guidepost. It's a God thing book with my husband. So why this book? Well, this is a collection of stories, what I call God noticed me stories. These short stories reveal ways God noticed others. And I want to share just one of those stories with you. It's called Escape by Brenda Jacobson. It is easy to love London. All that history, those theaters, the shops, and those winding lanes that weave their way back through time. It just seems magical. So when my son Blair graduated from high school and signed up for a term of study in England, I knew I wanted to accompany him on the trip over. Like any mother, I was going to miss him and I wanted to be able to picture him more clearly in the months he was away. And what better place than London to create some lasting memories with him? We wandered around Oxford and stood at, Stair- at Stonehenge. We were amazed in the British Museum and goofed off outside Buckingham Palace. And then, on one of those rare but perfectly English fall days, Blair got to do what he wanted to do most of all, find a secluded spot in a park and get lost in a great book. That is how we ended up in Hyde Park. Are you sure you're okay? I asked Blair. Mom, I'm fine, he said. You're about to leave me in England for a whole semester. I think I can handle a couple of hours by myself. Just as long as you're sure, I'll meet you back here then, okay? Okay. Bye, Mom. I watched Blair walk away, book under his arms, so full of confidence. How did he grow up so fast? Where did my baby boy go? And how was I going to handle saying goodbye in a few days when I left him at school? It was such a beautiful day that there seemed no point in feeling sad, so I decided to take a tip from Blair and find a secluded spot of my own, complete with gentle rustling bushes and a peaceful bench where I lay down, praying for him and soaking up the sun as well. Only a few minutes had passed when a completely unrelated thought forced its way to the front of my mind. Open your eyes. I did exactly that, and as I blinked away the sunshine, I immediately noticed a man walking across the hill directly toward me. He was tall and slender, dressed in muted colors that made him blend into the surroundings. He was about 75 feet away, and even though he was looking down, I had the sense that he was really troubled by something. His demeanor was a stark contrast to the serenity of the location, but that's not what bothered me. It was the three-foot length of bright red rope that he was holding. Each end was round around his hands. What possible use could he have for the rope? As quickly as this question entered my mind, I knew the answer. I looked to my side and noticed the bushes again. 
This time, they did not look peaceful and inviting. If I was forced in there, no one would be able to see or hear me. Whatever he was planning on doing, it wasn't good. The man moved closer, now about 50 feet away, and another thought came to me. Get up and walk quickly down the hill. I did not feel any anxiety or panic or have sweaty palms or rapid breathing, nothing to indicate fear. I was simply calm as I obeyed those mental props. As I stepped away from the bench, I glanced over my shoulder. My movement startled the man and he looked up. For just a moment, my eyes met him. They were chilling. Still, I felt no urge to panic, no impulse to run. I was just determined that I was not going to get caught by him. I was going to get away. I walked quickly for a minute and then looked back to see if he was following me. I couldn't see him anywhere, but what did that mean? Had he given up and gone away, or was he hiding somewhere else, waiting for a better time and place to grab me? I kept walking, projecting confidence, just as those safety films tell us to, and made my way to the place where Blair and I agreed to meet. I arrived and checked my watch. Not much time had passed since we said goodbye, and Blair would not arrive for another hour and a half. I really didn't feel safe alone, so I instead I headed straight back to the hotel. I was finished being an explorer for the day. Our final days of the trip passed without incident, and I dropped Blair off. I flew home to Oregon, feeling the grief that visits every mother who leaves her child halfway around the world completely beyond her protection. I found it easy to put the incident at the park out of my mind, but it came flooding back the moment I received a call from my friend Sherry Rose just a day or so after arriving home. She got straight to the point. Brenda, what happened to you while you were in England? What do you mean, I said, thinking of all the possible ways they were of answering her question. Last Wednesday, the Lord woke me up to pray for you because you were about to be murdered. I was stunned. We talked a little more and did the time calculations between the West Coast and England. It quickly became perfectly clear. God had awakened Sherry Rose at the exact moment I was alone in Hyde Park, lying on a secluded bench while a man with a rope in his hands walked towards me. Could it be any clearer that God was protecting me? Although all this happened a few years ago, I often think back to it. What I remember is not so much the man or the rope or the fear of what might have happened. What I remember is how God protected me. I now know that those words I heard were his voice carried to me through the prayers of a friend. And lastly, number one, be open to receive. Isaiah 26.3 says, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. In order to receive the peace of God, friends, our minds need to be fixated on God. Peace is the ultimate refresh button. If we're choosing to do things that will give us peace, we're positioning ourselves to receive from God. So I need to ask myself each step of the way, does this activity on vacation bring peace or strife? Will I get more anxious if I do it, or will it challenge me to trust more? In closing, I'm reminded of Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30. Jesus said, Come to me, 
all you are who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So friends, whether you're taking a short weekend trip or a week-long vacation or more, please don't waste your time. It is precious, sacred, and a special gift from God. The notice has been going strong now for about two years, but this August, we'll be taking a short break. Look for us to start Season 3, September 12th, when I welcome author and speaker Sue Donaldson, who's going to talk to us about noticing God in hospitality. That's right. You won't want to miss this great conversation. And for my Toledo, Ohio friends, there's one more launch party on Saturday, August 14th at 11 o'clock p.m. Join me for live music, refreshments, interviews, and of course, get a book or two. A portion of the proceeds will benefit Journey of the Heart. Oh